Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. According to the Christian Science Monitor Weekly, mm-hmm. Sail Blind is the first structured program in America for blind sailors. The Newton, Massachusetts Vision Rehabilitation Center running mm-hmm. the recreational program is called mm-hmm. the Carroll Center for the Blind. Sail Blind follows the Carroll Center's mission of empowering people mm-hmm. with vision loss to achieve independence mm-hmm. and to lead a fulfilling life. Here to talk about Sail Blind are Blind Sailor Catherine Kern and Coordinator Tom Rowan. Hi, Catherine and Tom. Hello. Hi, Brian. Tell us about yourselves. Go ahead, Catherine. Well, I have been sailing since 2004. I currently have my bachelor's in early childhood education and currently going for my master's degree in special ed. Um, sailing has my life since <laughs> and i've known tom just as long <laughs> Catherine, the christian science monitor weekly says that you participate in the program on saturdays during the summer and i understand this is in the boston area so which part of yeah. that area do you cruise through and what and what passion gets you moving on sometimes those cold mornings over there we go through Boston Harbor. Um, we start out by Charlestown, and we go cruise sometimes towards Castle Island. Sometimes it depends on the wind, the weather. Uh, there's not really too many cold mornings in the summer. That's not too bad, but I, I'll i go out in any weather. I've gone out in the rain. <laughs> People have called me crazy, but... Yeah, it can rain out there in the East Coast during the summer. (laughs) So you think of sailing as a normal thing, and others see you on the dock and wonder, what what are all of you doing? How do you explain this to us? Well, we, you don't need to see to go sailing. You use your other senses to sail. You can maneuver the boat. You can trim the sails. You can feel the wind. You can do just about anything except see the water and see boats and things in front of you. I see. I understand there's also a sighted guide. Tom, what does the sighted guide do? The sighted guide, in my 30 years' experience with this program, allows me to show the blind people what they can do and how how we can empower them. I remember my first day... 30 years ago, I remember vividly when I tried to help somebody on the dock get on the boat. It was windy that day, and the boom, which was the lower part of the sail, uh, was flapping back and forth. And I couldn't open my mouth far enough or fast enough to let the people to duck. Uh, I opened my mouth, but nothing came out. But in the 30 years' experience that I've now worked with this, I have to say that what I, I truly believe is the empowering thing is showing people the very basics of how to sail. And when they can master that, when they can master that, then they can go on to more racing skills. 
So it's stepping stones. Yes, it is. It is, most definitely. <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> um, now, Tom, you're also Sailblind's coordinator. How do you give directions to the sailors? Basically, in terms of communicating, it's like anything else. Verbal commands, if people can hear, uh, one thing. What we have determined here in Massachusetts, that there are four levels of blindness. You just have to, as a coordinator, or even as a sighted guide, you have to find out what degree of blindness they have. Otherwise, it's just straight communication. And once we get them on the boat, once we get them out there on the water, it's just communicating with them in terms of how and what to do. That's all. But it's got to be direct and clear. Absolutely. Catherine, did you learn to sail from this wonderful coordinator on our show? Yes, I did. He was one of the first ones that took me out sailing and brought my passion of sailing alive to what it is now. <laughs> That's excellent. Now, Catherine, we got to get into a little bit about Sailblind, a little bit of description, and a little bit of history. So tell us more about Sailblind, specifically. I was started from the, through the Carroll Center for the Blind, and a man named Arthur O'Neill started it many, many years ago to get blind people to do an extracurricular outside activity. And it evolved, I feel like, to more than what they anticipated. They have still blind. They have a recreation program, and they started a competitive program, which they're not funding currently, but they're the ones that started it and got competitive people out on the water. That's really good. <laughs> and I understand that the Carroll Center's mission in that encourages people with vision loss to lead fulfilling lives. And Sailblind yeah. is one of the ways for the center to achieve that mission. Tom, how has the program grown in, number of, in numbers of participants over the years? I'm sure it's a lot. <laughs> it has. Uh, actually, this program was established back in 1979, and Arthur O'Neill was the uh, organizer then at that time and he being a sailor himself uh, saw the potential for what people could do so as a result the courageous sailing center in charlestown was kind enough to lend us their boats uh, during the summer for a 10-week program uh, in order to do that interesting now the program has grown from people who didn't think they could sail to cruise racing in Auckland, New Zealand regattas. What pieces of life, Catherine, do you think Sail Blind restores for blind folks? It gives them the confidence to live life, to try new things, and it gives them the benefit of working together as a team and working with people that have the same passion and really utilizing and working on their well, their team skills, but it builds their confidence. Builds their confidence in doing something together and trying something yeah. new. Um, but you, you talk about using the other senses. Um, why isn't vision as crucial 
when it comes to sailing, but the other senses are hearing, touching. Because there you can feel the movement of the boat and you can adjust things accordingly in the boat to match what you need to do and where you need to go. So having sight would be helpful, but it's not necessary. So, Catherine, you go spe- sailing specifically during the summer. Why? Yes. Can't say how much I love it. I started many, many years ago, and many years ago, and I haven't stopped since. And I joined competitive, and it's just the rush of being out on the water, doing something fun, doing something like you say that sighted people don't think that blind people can do. It's always amazing that. Um, as a blind person, you can do so much that sighted people don't think you can. And it's, in my opinion, great to show people what we can do. That's amazing. During the winters, I know there it gets really cold. And there's no ice on the water. Which is There, really there is ice spots on the water in the winter. But yeah, no, not in the summer. <laughs> okay. Cool. I also understand that you joined a Blind Sailors League. How did the persistence pay off and welcome you into that leak? Well, I had the, I never gave up on what I wanted to do. I wanted to, um, ever since I started sailing and I found out how much I loved it, I wanted to do more and I wanted to compete and you have that adrenaline rush to compete and it just made me work on it more. Go on Saturdays and work on my skills and get better at them and listen to guides like Tom to coach you and teach you what you need to do to improve. Interesting. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to put myself in the sailing picture for a second um, and pretend like um, I'm going with you on these sail blind excursions. Okay. Uh, What would I need to wear? How would I get on the boat? All that. May I address that, Catherine? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we try to do is that we pride ourselves not only in empowering the sailors, but we also strive for safety. That's one of the things that the Courageous Sailing Center prides itself on. Uh, there are certain rules and regulations when you're on the water. You cannot take for granted that you can just get on a boat and sail. Um, being said, uh, we basically have them put on a preserver, a uh, life jacket, if you will, uh, to make sure that everybody is safe if they, for some reason, uh, go overboard. Um, all the sighted guides are checked out by uh, the people at Courageous, so they are uh, well qualified to take a boat out by themselves in case anything happens to, to their crew. Uh, as far as getting them on and off the boat, we have a certain way in which we do that, uh, regardless of how much of their blindness is at stake. We have a certain procedure where we ask them to take our elbow and we escort them down to the dock. When we get to the dock, we have them sit down on the tanning, if you will, and we actually have them uh, scoot across while the sighted guide holds the back of their life preserver and guides them across the boat. Once they are on the boat, 
safely on the boat, then it's up to the sighted person, along with the blind people, to help raise the sail and get off safely. Uh, all right, so good safety tips there. Um, now, um, when they get on the boat, uh, what do you tell them to do in terms of the actual sailing? Well, Catherine, you could address that one. Well, we it depends where you are. If you're on the tiller, which is the part of the boat that steers the boat, you have to... We, as blind sailors, typically sit on the side where you're facing the sail. You can hear the sail moving and flapping, and you sit and you go head up, which is towards the sail, and fall off, which is away from the sail. So the guide will tell you either to head up or fall off. And then if you're using the main sheet, which pulls the main in, in, and then you can release it, which lets it out, then the guide will direct you on either pull in, sheet in, or sheet out. And then there are tacks and drives on the boat that we have to follow. And maybe, Tom, you can direct that part aspect. Sure. On tacking, basically the wind comes off the bow of the boat, either to the forefront, to the middle of the boat. In tacking, or jibing, the wind is coming from the back of the boat to the center of the boat. In each case, there is a, it's very, um, you have to be very careful because if you don't know how to do it correctly, uh, the wind can catch the leech of the sail, which is the angle of the main sheet, if you will. Uh, it can catch it and whip around and hit you in the head, namely the boom. Uh, we don't want that to happen. So there's a certain procedure that we do this very carefully. Uh, we go through these procedures over, every single week, both tacking and jiving, uh, to reinforce that to all the sailors. Are you too aware of any similar programs for those of us not so lucky to live in Massachusetts? Speaking for the blind is heard around the entire world. There is Sail Newport in Newport, Rhode Island. Sail there. Wait, Sail Sail Newport. Sail Newport in Newport, Rhode Island. Okay. <clears throat> How are they different from Sail Blind? They're run a little bit differently. I believe I'm not 100% familiar with them. I just know that we have sailed and raced with as at Sail Newport. All right. Uh, Tom, I believe there's one in either California or Florida. Yes. Okay, yes. And I'm not sure of the name of that, to be honest with you. But closer to home, there's another sailing program uh, that's located at Piers Park, P I E R. Philosophy, yes. Um, it was coordinated there with a different, uh, different degree of uh, disability, if you will, for those who are quadriplegic and not necessarily blind. Um, it's about another half an hour drive from where the Courageous Sailing Center is. Um, it's been around, it's been existing for, for some time now, and they've done very well. So there's a lot of options in which people can get involved depending upon the level of disability. Well, in their location, I believe, I know there's a lot of, um, in other countries, there's mm -hmm. sailing teams in Australia, New Zealand, 
mm-hmm. uh, Great Britain. I've met several people from those er- areas, and I have raced against them, and there's all great programs out there. Now, how about Blind Sailing, Inter- Blind Sailing International? Tell us about Blind Sailing International. What I know about Blind Sailing International is that they work with, well, everybody in that they have a, <clears throat> a delegate in every state. So they have someone, who, the president of Blind Sailing International, and then they work on different programs like nationals, competitions, world competitions, um, the bringing back sailing into the Paralympics. Basically what I know about them, I'm not too familiar with them. Well, I understand um, that sail blind teams have competed in all four blind sailing world championships. Is that true? It is true. Uh, USA just won this past one in uh, Canada. Interesting. Okay. And then they won last year in Wisconsin. Um, This last one was held in Canada. In 2019 was in Canada and at the Kingston Yacht Club. 2017 was in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And USA took the world in that one as well. That's very good. At least for the past two, maybe three years, they've won world titles. In USA has. So it sounds like a lot of uh, the sailblind participants really go on to competitive, the competitive side of sailing. Mm-hmm. 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 There is a lot that start off in the rec program that go on as um, into competitive, right, Tom? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and what happens is that, you know, they go from the beginning uh, stages of sailing and they get kind of bored. <laughs> being out there on this on the uh, the boat and they want to get more active <laughs> yeah and they want to get more active they want to get more involved so they go on to the competitive side and they, they like it a lot because it's faster it's quicker it's more exhilarating more energy more excitement and more fun that's it there it is tom and Catherine, how can our listeners learn more about sailblind ah uh. You can go to the Carol Center website at www.carol.org. And there is a Facebook page for blind sailing for the competitive program, which is called Boston Blind Sailing. You can just look up Boston Blind Sailing on Facebook and find out more information. Okay, we'll be putting it up on the Speaking Out for the Blind website speaking out for the blind dot weebly dot com anything else uh, may you I, would, anything else you two would like to add yeah brian i would like to add also the website for the carols excuse me for the courageous sailing center it's www dot courageous sailing dot org and there's a place in there that gives a brief description well, the sub-line program that we have every year. Uh, lastly, I'd like to note that we are building our program as we speak at the Courageous Sailing Center. We welcome everybody and anybody. The unfortunate part is that we are dependent on sighted 
guides who are qualified. They have to be checked out by the club itself. And anybody who has a love, anybody who has a passion for sailing, who would like to learn, and or also who have had the experience, we would love to have them come out. We have to go through a program, which we will be starting in May, for the sighted guides to participate. And as we have as many guides available, there will be that many people that we can take out on the boat. That's great. Well, Catherine and Tom, we hope that our listeners will become passionate about and take on the exciting sport of sailing. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Have you heard? There's a new show on ACB Radio Interactive. This is Jason Castingway inviting you to join me on Artfelt. I will be bringing music to you that stands out, pieces that fill the heart and rouse the body, from symphonies that ring to songs that swing to harmonies that zing. I can make my most fantastic most fantastic dreams come true. And everything in between. My goal is to take you on a musical safari, leaving you with the satisfaction of a journey well spent. So tune in to ACB Radio Interactive for Artfelt every Tuesday evening from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. For this is where music echoes the thoughts of the soul. The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating 
ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N, at acb.org, or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs. Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it, because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got your dad that big HD TV he wanted, we can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? (laughs) It's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. Greenergadgets.org has all the info. We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations. I like that. Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um, what was that website again? Greenergadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go. Go.